Well, hello. Bonjour. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll, and this is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Thank you so very much for sharing a little bit of time with us. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. And so to reward you as a thank you, we have an enormous show on tap today. We are talking about big time inspiration and i'm telling you right now by the end of the episode you are going to be all sorts of fired up ready to go out there and change the world my guests today they are indeed world renowned they are indeed world renowned but before we get to that i do have a quick favor to ask if you're listening to the show on pcrm.org and you have not already subscribed to the podcast please go ahead and do so uh, head over to apple podcast to spotify to stitcher wherever it is that they are available that is where you'll find the exam room by the physicians committee if you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and maybe if you're feeling generous, leave a nice comment as well. We would be ever, ever so grateful. As I said, my guest today, big time, world renowned in the plant-based community, in the health community. First up in the exam room, Harley Quinn Smith. You familiar with her yet? She's a budding rock star and an up-and-coming actress, and you could, you could even credit her with saving her famous father's life. Her dad, big-time director, comedian, actor, one of my favorites, Kevin Smith. Now, you may have heard Kevin's story. He's severely overweight, had a heart attack, miraculously managed to survive it. And when he gets out of the hospital, there is Harley Quinn ready to introduce him to a plant-based diet. And now, flash forward more than a year, Kevin is dominating life again, and Harley Quinn is a big part of the reason why. But she's also way more than just a famous daughter. Harley Quinn is her own woman. She's devoted so much of her time, her effort, and her energy into helping to make the world a happier and healthier place for our furry friends. She has fought and lobbied tirelessly to help push through legislation in California that outlawed the sale of cosmetics that have been tested on animals. And that California cosmetics bill, it got pushed through thanks so much to her efforts and to her peers and to the efforts of the Physicians Committee and all of our wonderful members. Harley Quinn was a big part of the reason why that legislation got pushed through. Clearly, she has an enormous, just a super big heart. And so it was such an honor to speak with her recently out in Los Angeles. We got a chance to cover everything from her music to her diet to her involvement in animal welfare. Super, super exciting woman. And she is definitely one that you're going to want to watch. And you know what? She's a lot of fun, too. Her personality shines through like you will not believe. So colorful. So colorful. Her personality matched only by her rainbow sweater. It matched perfectly. I mean, I'm telling you, this sweater, it was blinding, but so fitting because it matches her aura, her personality to the T. Then a little bit later on the show, after our conversation with Harley Quinn, we have a couple of wild and crazy guys who have improved the lives of thousands. And in some cases, it's not just an improvement. They have completely changed them. But it was only after they improved and completely changed their own lives that they've been able to pay it forward. Dr. Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero, these are the guys who are known for mastering diabetes. Both were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at a young age. And rather than dwell on what that could mean for their future, they have looked that prognosis right in the face and said, Diabetes? We are not going to let you run our life. We're going to take control of our own health and write our own destiny. Thank you very much. And that is exactly 
what they've done. So I can't wait to share our conversation. Talk about taking lemons and making lemonade. Their enthusiasm for life and for health and for helping others, it is contagious. It is impossible not to get fired up listening to them speak. So we'll be hearing from them in just a little bit, but I want to start with Harley Quinn Smith, the coolest of the cool, standing on her own two feet, living life on her terms, helping to make the world a little bit better place. And she's doing it while rocking out the entire time. This is the Exam Room Podcast brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hello, I'm the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thanks so very much for giving the show a listen and a download. And I'm so excited about today's guest because Harley Quinn Smith, you are somebody that has been on my radar for some time because Mm. you're a musician, you're an actress, and you are just a huge supporter of the Physicians Committee. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. I'm happy to be here. Before we go any further, I mean, I told you this before we started rolling. You are super colorful today. Is this like, yes. this is typically how it is? This is typically how it is. Um, I, I like to, to be bright and cheery. So. I, I, dig, I dig your style. So let me ask you, I mean, you do a little bit of everything, but it seems like really your focus is kind of putting forward this idea of a, a healthier... Uh, individual, uh, healthier you, and, and certainly compassion for animals through yeah. plant-based diets. So how did you get involved with the whole plant-based movement? Um, I first went vegetarian about I th- over three years ago. Um, my mom has been vegetarian basically my whole life, mm-hmm. and so I've always seen her, and she never really pushed it on me, so it just kind of allowed me to to sit back and watch, and eventually it it caught up to me and I and I was like oh maybe I should give this a try and um then I adopted a rabbit um cinnamon bun and uh she came from this house of of hoarders she was with about a hundred other rabbits and when I got her she had a a torn ear and tons of uh metal stitches that were left in her she was covered in pee um and she was just traumatized and she she originally like wouldn't even let me really pat her or anything so but over time she she opened up to me and now she she loves attention and is the cuddliest little baby but um just seeing her transition from this extremely traumatized broken being to who she is now the the compassion that humans show to animals seeing how that can absolutely transform an animal inspired me to to make the change to vegetarianism and then go vegan isn't it funny i was just speaking with somebody about this earlier today how people go vegan for one of two reasons it's either compassion or for their own health but inevitably it all winds up being all encompassing together isn't that isn't that pretty interesting i think whenever i try to talk about um, veganism to non-vegans, I always usually approach it from animal rights perspective, environmental reasons, or for your health. There's, I feel like there's always a way to get somebody yeah. interested because yeah. it's so beneficial to, to basically everybody. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think veganism... It's a it's a good catch for basically anyone. <laughs> I want to go back to what you were saying about growing up, and your mom was vegetarian, but mm-hmm. she she didn't push that on you. I find that like really interesting, yeah. and and you kind of just gravitated toward it yourself over time. Yeah. When you when I guess it's very hard to approach somebody with the idea of going plant based, and I think yeah. that they have to be willing to receive that. So. How do you go about opening those dialogues and, and that conversation with somebody? Yeah, I think, you know, since I've gone vegan, a lot of my friends will, will ask questions about it, friends who are carnivores, and um, I'll, I'll be as honest with them as I can because obviously I, I'm not going to have friendships based on their sure, diets, sure. but I obviously do have um, different beliefs than some of my friends if they aren't vegan. So... I, it's, I like to approach it delicately because I think one of the biggest issues with animal rights advocacy is the approach of aggression. I think sometimes activists have this tendency to, to 
be very abrasive when they're when they're trying to get their point across and it scares people because they're like I don't want to be yelled at I don't want to be told that I'm a bad person because right. I eat meat right. and I think that that is just not the way to go about right, it sure. I think you have to be I mean the fundamental beliefs of veganism is is to be more compassionate and I think that you have to execute that compassion in everything you do not only with your with your health with animals but also with those who are trying to understand your beliefs. You have to treat them with respect and compassion, even if they don't believe the same things as you. And, you know, when your friends, when they come up and they ask you uh, about it, has there been one that has been really surprising to you? Like, I, I always tell the story about how I was at a steakhouse reluctantly, but we all find ourselves in those yes, situations. It happens, it happens. <laughs> um, and I'm ordering off the menu and I'm saying, okay, well, I want, you know, brown rice and I want, uh, you know, uh, roasted Brussels sprouts and I want a sweet potato. Yeah. And the waiter stops me dead in, in, in my tracks and he's like, are, are you vegan? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, me too. You know? Oh, God, so like God. completely like took me by surprise. Yeah. So I'm wondering like, as your friends come up to you, was there one that was like, I have no, like, I'm so surprised you're the one that's asking me about this right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my family, um, my grandparents in particular, they, they have always been supportive, but as a family does, like they would kind of poke fun at me at the beginning of, (laughs) Of of, of my vegan journey. And, I I I got in a few fights with with my grandpa because he like he he really just did not understand why I was doing what I was doing and I remember this one instance really clearly um because it's just so different from how our relationship is now but we were um out at a restaurant and it was I think it was also like a steakhouse actually right. <laughs> and um there wasn't anything I could eat, so I, I wasn't going to eat. And he was like, well, why don't you just eat something that, that's vegetarian? And mm. I was like, that's not, that's not my beliefs. I right. don't eat any animal products. Right. And he was like, I just don't understand. It, it, we got in this huge fight. And then maybe like a year or so later, he calls me and he's like, hey, just so you know, me and your Nana have been vegetarian for a week. And we're, they've now been vegetarian for over a year. Get out of town! And that was so... It, it took me like so aback because it it was just so out of character for both of them. They're both um, in their in their seventies now, and you know they've grown up eating meat for for many years. And to hear them be like, "We've listened to you, and we hear what you're saying." Wow. And yeah, they they haven't eaten meat for over a year. In their seventies and making the switch, seven decades of life. It's so hard for yeah. people to change the older they get and the more ingrained those habits are. And in the seven, good for you. <laughs> like I mean, that, that wow, seriously, <laughs> that is impressive right there. It shocked. It, it was it, it was shocking, and thankfully now everybody in my family, everybody doesn't eat meat, which is I I live in a house. There's me and for family members and the five of us don't eat meat so it's it's a very powerful feeling to just know that everybody in my household isn't contributing to the suffering of those animals in the meat industry so i want to ask you about music as well i'm a former radio dj i love i love music i um got my big start in in radio actually doing a love song show but then but then then i went to classic rock which was much more my style but you're in a band as well right yes what's your band's name my band's name is the tenth the tenth okay talk to me about the tenth because i think i read somewhere that maybe you have some music dropping in maybe february in january actually oh oh, okay it got pushed up very cool um yes my band uh the tenth we're a bubblegum punk band and And uh, we formed in February of this year, of 2018, Mm -hmm. and we dropped our EP, um, Boys We Don't Know, in August. Cool. August? (laughs) In August. She looks off camera to her band. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, And, and yeah, we've been working on our album. Uh, We've been in the studio this past week, and we're going to be in it for the next uh, three weeks. So... Um, completing that, and next year, sometime in January, it will it will drop. So that's we're so very cool. excited. That's so cool. Um, I, I'm feeling kind of like old and maybe like not in the music scene right now. So what, <laughs> what is bubblegum 
punk. I know punk. Yes. I don't know the bubblegum part of it. Yes,、um, I don't even know if it's really a thing. I think it's maybe something we made up. But,、oh, um, okay, we'll go so with you're, that. So you're fine. <laughs>、um, but it's it's just a less aggressive punk, basically. Right.、Um, there's there, especially on this next album. There's some screaming, but not as much screaming as. Classic punk might、oh, have. Okay, so we're, we're not talking like death metal screaming. No, not death that,、right? metal okay. screaming. Okay, that's good. That's good.、Um, and that's just another platform, though, for you to get that message out there. You know,、yeah. I'm sure that you're going to be giving interviews to you know music journalists, and inevitably,、yeah. I'm sure that the question about the plant based diet is going to come up as well.、Yeah. I mean, that's that's got to be like really cool to have all these different platforms to. Stand、yeah. on and, and still get that same message out. Well,、uh, my best friend and bandmate, who the co-founder of the Tenth, is also vegan. How you doing over there again? <laughs> hey, hey, also vegan.、Um, so the two of us,、um, we're a vegan band. We're a vegan band. <laughs> right on.、Okay. Yes.、Yeah, so it it'll come up. <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. That's, that's awesome. So you've you've helped out your dad. You've helped out your grandparents. Your bandmate's already vegan, so she doesn't. Need any help? She's good. <laughs> yeah, right on. So you know, maybe maybe some fans of the tenth will,、yes. will pick up on it as well.、Huh? I mean, I, I it's a really really wonderful thing because I'm not a super huge fan of social media, but I have an Instagram to basically talk about animal rights right, and right. give some other pictures sometimes, so people continue following me and、right、then hit them with animal rights stuff. But、um, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to engage with people because I will get a lot of messages being like, "Just so you know, you help me go vegan or vegetarian,、right. or I eat I eat、uh, meatless once a week now."、Right. And on any level, it's so it just it's so gratifying to know that people are. Are listening because I think that sometimes I don't know people can get the impression that no one's going to listen to you, right? And, and no matter how big your platform is, I think that if you're if you're putting this stuff out there and you're being truthful and you're being honest and you're speaking from a compassionate place, people are going to hear you and they're going to listen to you, right?、Um, so it's been really lovely. Well, <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I'll, I will end with this, and that <laughs> is,、um, you know, you came into a lot of notoriety because of y- your father and, and what he's been through, and, and you changing his diet. But a lot of people would say, well, that's just Kevin Smith's kid, but that's not you. Like you are, you are out at the forefront of this, and you are standing on your own, and you're out there, and, and you're helping to change lives, and you know, save animals, and help people live healthier lives, and help the environment. All those things that we've been talking about, and you're doing it on your. Own.、Thank、and、you. so that is so very commendable. <laughs> thank you so much, <laughs> Harley Quinn Smith. Thank you so much. Best of luck、thank、with you. your album, bandmate. Best of luck with the album. <laughs> right on, well, Taylor. Right? Yes. All right. That's that's Taylor. You know, we we got to give Taylor、yes. instead of just the bandmate or the best friend. Yes. Taylor Blackwell. <laughs>、uh, so、uh, January. Do we have the specific? I know we'll know soon. Okay, we'll know soon. <laughs> Harley Quinn Smith on the exam. <laughs> She is the coolest, Harley Quinn Smith. I'm telling you, keep an eye out for her. She is going to be a mover and a shaker, no doubt. Before we bring on our next guest, I want to share some statistics with you. These are from the CDC, talking about diabetes. Here, 30 million people. Are living with it currently in the U.S. That's nearly one out of every ten, and 84 million people have pre-diabetes. That's one out of every three adults in the U.S. One out of every three. Diabetes, like obesity, is a massive problem. But my guests today have managed to become masters of managing the disease, and in some cases, reversing it through nutrition. Dr. Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero, founders of Mastering Diabetes, they have teamed up to help thousands of diabetics worldwide lead healthier lives. They're teaching them about combating the disease by eating a plant-based diet and getting off the couch. But it's their own stories that are truly remarkable, and that's why I'm so thrilled to have them on the show today. Cyrus. Cyrus, he was diagnosed with type one diabetes back in two thousand two, and then he graduated from Stanford 
shout out to the Cardinal, graduated from Stanford just one year later. And what happens next? Extraordinary. He really devotes himself to learning about nutrition and to helping others. I'm telling you, he goes all in with it. Goes all in. Goes back to school. And in 2012, earns a PhD in nutritional biochemistry. And when I tell you that the guy is smart, nutritional biochemistry, when I'm telling you that the guy is smart, the dude is a genius. My man would dominate on Jeopardy. Dominate it. Seriously. When, whenever Alex Trebek eventually retires, Cyrus needs to throw his name in the hat to replace him. That's how smart he is. And I also, I love this quote from his bio. I want to read this to you, okay? It says, quote, Most people think I'm crazy, but type 1 diabetes is the best thing that has ever happened to me because it forced me to take full control of my life. Sums him up perfectly. And Robbie, well, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when he was just 12 years old. So young, 12 didn't fear the obstacle in front of him, though. Didn't try to dodge it. Fearlessly, he tackles this diagnosis head-on. And by the time he was 16, he was already eating a whole food diet. Think about that. 16. What was 16 like for you? Maybe you worried about fitting in with your friends, or making sure you had the right clothes, or wanting to make good grades so you could get into a good college. Pondering your future... But by the time Robbie was 16, he already knew his destiny. He knew that he had helped himself, and now it was time to help others. And that's what he and Dr. Kambata are doing. Both of these gents, mastering diabetes and mastering life. Right now, I have two gentlemen that have incredible stories of their own, Dr. Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero. They are the founders of Mastering Diabetes. Find them, masteringdiabetes.org. With that, welcome to the show, gentlemen. Thank you very much. Appreciate being here. Yeah, it's really an honor. Uh, it's an honor for me to have you guys here. Uh, Cyrus, I want to start with you because uh, a mutual friend of ours, Adam Sud, the, the plant-based addict, he reached out to me and he said, you have to interview this guy. He has an incredible story. And I was like, okay, well, I'd love me a good story, Adam. Tell me. And so he just listed some highlights for me. But I don't even want to say them because, like, you you need to tell the world your story. Because it, from what I've heard, it is incredible. I love it. Thank you very much. So uh, I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes at the age of 22. And so, you know, I grew up as a, as a very active guy. I was playing soccer, baseball, swimming, running, hiking, you name it. If it was a sport, I played it. And I thought that I was eating a very healthy diet. And so up until the age of 22, that was normal for me. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm in the middle of college. I feel terrible. I have no energy. I'm urinating 15, 17, 20 times a day, like mm. clockwork, every 30 minutes. And uh, I called my sister at the time, who, who's a doctor of osteopathy. I said, hey these are my symptoms. Like, what is going on with me? And she started crying immediately. She said, you please drop everything that you're doing right now and go straight to the health center. And I said, what is the big deal? She said, you're telling me that you have type one diabetes. Whoa. And I was like, I was like, Shanas, <laughs> come on. I was like, I don't have diabetes. Trust me. And at that time, all that I knew or all that I thought I knew was that diabetes had something to do with old people and cake. <laughs> That's literally all I knew about Those diabetes. Those are your qualifications. Yeah. I if was you're like, old and you eat cake, boom, forget about it. Right there. Because I knew one human who had diabetes, and he happened to be kind of old, and he ate cake. So that was it. <laughs> so here I am. I was like, okay, fine. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll take your word for it. So I show up at the health center, and uh, the nurse you know, checks me. Um, she puts me in a room. She checks my blood glucose, walks out of the room to go stick it into a meter, and comes back. And maybe three minutes or so had passed. And uh, I was asleep. Uh, I had just sort of like dozed off. She, she walks back in the room and I, it took me a couple minutes. I was like, okay, I'm in, I think I'm in a hospital. No, I'm in a, I'm in a health center. How did I get here? Okay. Who's this woman standing in front of me? Okay. What, what is going on here? And she looks at me, she goes, how did you get here? And I said, I drove. And she goes, we need to take you to the hospital now. And I was like, why? Whoa, what is happening to me? 
So she's like, I don't have time to explain, but we got to get you to the hospital because you have type 1 diabetes and your blood glucose is extremely high. So I said, all right, fine, let's do it. So we go to the hospital and they check me in. And then within, within over the course of a 24-hour period, I end up with uh, an IV of saline in one arm. Mm. I have uh, an IV of insulin in the other arm. And I'm on complete monitoring at this point. Doctors walk in and they start asking me a ton of questions about my health history. And it becomes obvious that over the past six months leading up to that diagnosis, I had been diagnosed not with one, not with two, but with three autoimmune conditions. Wow. So the first one is Hashimoto's hypothyroidism. So it's, a, it's an autoimmune uh, disease that's affecting a larger proportion of the population now, but it's basically antibodies sitting on your thyroid gland, which decrease your thyroid hormone production. That's number one. Number two, I lost my hair. So I had these bald spots all over my head, and they were the doctors for the longest time were trying to treat me with a bunch of different options. Turns out that's an autoimmune condition. That was number two, and it's called alopecia. The third one was type 1 diabetes. And that all happened within the span of six months. So the doctors looked at me and they said, we've never seen somebody with these three autoimmune conditions. Do you, are you cool if we talk about you in the next meeting? And I was like, sure, talk about whatever you want. Right, right. They leave the room and I'm sitting here and I'm like, <laughs> you've never seen these three conditions before? All of a sudden I was this like medical mystery. So... Long story short, I ended up listening to the advice of the doctors. And the doctors were saying, listen, you have type 1 diabetes. There's only one way to treat that, and that is to eat a low-carbohydrate diet because carbohydrates are your enemy. Insulin is your enemy. We want to try and minimize your insulin use, so you have to avoid anything that's carbohydrate-rich. Bread, cereal, pasta, fruit, potatoes, you name Cake. it. Cake. Cake. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. So here I am, newly diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and I'm supposed to now feed myself because I'm graduating college. So I go to the grocery store. What do I buy? Rotisserie chicken, turkey burgers, milk, peanut butter, and eggs. That becomes my diet. And I'm, I mean, I was pretty excited about that, to be perfectly honest, because I enjoyed eating those foods. But it was supposed to make my blood glucose more controllable, and it did the exact opposite. My blood glucose was a roller coaster. Wow. And I was losing energy by the week. So I was already low energy to begin with, and then it got worse and worse and worse. And after about a year of doing this, the, the kicker for me was that not only was my glucose hard to control, not only did I have not enough energy, but I would go and I would play a game of soccer, which is one of my favorite things to do. And it would take me not one, not two, not three, but four days to recover from one game of soccer. Dude. And that wasn't worth it to me because I love being active. I love using my body. And I was no longer able to use my body the way that I wanted to. So at one day, I came home and checked my glucose. It was super high. I picked up my glucose meter. I just I threw it against the wall. It smashed into a bunch of pieces. And I fell into the couch, and I started crying. Wow. And I was like, this is too hard. It's not working. I've got to make a change. So I started looking for information, and I came across the idea of being a vegetarian or vegan or basically a plant-based eater. And I said, you know what? I'll do whatever it needs, needs to happen, but I want better health, period. Right. So under the supervision of a guy named Doug Graham, who has gone on to write a book called The 80-10-10 Diet, he showed me how to switch over to a 100% plant-based diet, eating nothing but fruits and vegetables. So I did that, and within one week, my blood glucose became controllable. My insulin use went way down by 30 to 40%. I was way more active. My body felt amazing in a very short period of time. And I said to myself, this could be the new me. Wow. It could be. And at that time, it was 2003. This, it was not cool at that time. Sure. You know, being a vegetarian, being a vegan, people were making fun of me. Look at you, trailblazer. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I was so determined to make this work because this was my health and nobody could take that away from me. So I, I just did everything I possibly could. And um, by the time, you know, it just got better and better and better. Mm -hmm. So I put myself back to graduate school. I went to get a PhD in nutritional biochemistry so that I could really understand the molecular level details, like the super nerd details wow. of what's happening in my brain, in my pancreas, in my muscle tissue. And as a result of that, I was able to piece together that we know a lot about diabetes. We know how to reverse diabetes. We know how to maximize diabetes health. And the problem is that people just don't practice it. So that's when, after I graduated, Robbie and I joined up to create Mastery in Diabetes so that we can teach people the evidence-based truth 
about diabetes and how to completely control it very well, maximize your, your health living with type 1, and reverse type 2 diabetes and prediabetes altogether. All right. Three things. One, that story's amazing. Thank you. Two, very few people in this world can actually pull off the bald look well. <laughs> you are one of the few. <laughs> Thank I'm you, sir. I'm dead serious. Like, you, you dress very well. I'm a fashion guy. The shirt, it, it's all put together I appreciate very well. it. And three, like, you are just an inspiration and a half, man. Like, seriously, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's funny because it's been 15 years since I was first diagnosed. Yeah. And at the time I was diagnosed, I thought to myself, oh, my God, my life is ending. Yeah. You know, this is the worst thing. Like, I never asked for this. I don't want it. Get it away from me. Now, 15 years down the road, I honestly believe that type 1 diabetes is the single greatest thing that ever happened to me. Wow. Because it forced me at a young age to have to reevaluate everything and change everything and question everything. And as a result of that, I'm now sitting with more information and the ability like you said, to inspire and motivate other people to do the same. And I couldn't be doing it without this guy at all. Yeah. Uh, and it's just Teamwork. like, it's a really, really fun position to be able to be in front of people who want to change. Sure. That's the breed of it. Wow. And, and this guy, yes. I feel bad. You've just been sitting no, over there the whole time. <laughs> it's, we, like, we, it's all good. We do this all the time. But, you know, you say how, how Cyrus is so inspiring and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and it's ridiculously inspiring. But and his attire is great. But this guy is ripped. That's the that's another fun <laughs> part. Those guns, man. It, Look it's unbelievable. The it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. Get to the shirt. Uh, it's it's very inspiring on a lot of levels. Right on. Well, don't sell your shirt well, short either, man. Well, I'm not ripped. That's for sure. So um, <laughs> come on now. So what, what's your story? How did you guys link up? Yeah. So I've uh, I was diagnosed with type one diabetes when I was 12, just about to turn 13. So that was over 18 years ago. And just like Cyrus, I learned from Doug Graham how to eat a low-fat, plant-based, whole food diet. Uh And prior to that, I tried many diets, including a low-carb, sort of Weston A. Price Foundation type of diet, and then a low-carb Gabriel Cousins plant-based diet, where you're Mm -hmm. getting lots of calories from oil and nuts and eating lots of vegetables. But it wasn't until I found Doug Graham and the 80-10-10 diet and started eating all the fruits that I wanted and a bunch of vegetables until... I was really, truly in full control of my diabetes health and having optimized insulin sensitivity. So that's a big thing. That's what we're all about at Mastering Diabetes is teaching people, like Cyrus was saying, how to reverse insulin resistance. That is the root cause of all blood glucose fluctuation, as Cyrus likes to say. And so people living with type 1 diabetes, type 1.5, prediabetes, type 2, gestational diabetes, the one thing all those people have in common is you want to become more insulin sensitive. Right. And when you do that, if you're living with prediabetes or type 2, you completely get rid of the condition. And this is if you're producing enough insulin, okay? This is another big thing we like to talk about at Mastering Diabetes, is that if your body is producing sufficient quantities of insulin as a person living with prediabetes or type 2, in a 100% of cases, you can completely reverse the condition. Wow. The only times when you see people struggling with that is usually when their pancreas has been damaged and they're not producing sufficient insulin. And we teach people to get a C-peptide test and diabetes antibody test to see if they're in that category and they can optimize their health by using a little bit of insulin. But that's what we do. I mean, my story, I just want to get keep it short and simple because I know we got a lot of other fun things to talk about here. But yeah, I mean... I eat over 700 grams of carbohydrate per day. I inject roughly, you know, high 30 units, 38 units or so a day. And you can do calculations of how much insulin would I be producing if I didn't have diabetes. Right. Okay? And I'm right in that range. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And I'm eating way more carbohydrate than any endocrinologist would ever recommend. They, they, they think it's crazy. They, they, people don't believe it. Right. You know, and we make videos. We, I do a lot of stuff on Instagram showcasing that this is real. You know, yeah. we're, we're a minority here and we want to help educate the diabetes community that this is an option. Yeah. We're not, we're not picking any fights. We're not, a, I have a lot of people doing low carb keto. Like that's that great. Like we respect that. We, we respect them. We just want to have a conversation. We want to be, have a seat at the table, like look at this program and really you know, stop hearing people say false things about it. Sure. You hear over and over again, the carbohydrates are the problem. It's absolutely factually not the case. Right. We're, we're living proof. Our clients are living proof. There's endless science about this. 
And we're just really passionate about raising awareness about low-fat plant-based whole food nutrition. It's focusing on healthy carbohydrates. That is fruits, starchy vegetables, beans, uh, lentils. Uh, we have also intact whole grains and then lots of vegetables, greens, non-starchy vegetables. That's our program. So, I mean, you, you talk about just getting people to kind of open their mind and listen, bring them to the table, yeah. have that conversation. What do you do to actually bring them there? Because there are so many people who put that wall up and, you know, they associate diabetes with the cake and the refined carbs and, you know, everything that we've been taught since we were really, really young. And so now you guys are taking a completely different view on things. And you're having, from what you're saying, way better results than the traditional treatments. 100%. So you're right in the sense that if you take a look at the diabetes population, which is predominantly type 2 diabetes in this, uh, in this world that we live in, right? there's an estimated about 100 million people living with diabetes, whether they know about it or not, in the United States alone. Yeah. And of that 100 million, there's probably maybe a million people who actually want to either reverse prediabetes or type 2 diabetes or, or use their food as medicine. The other 99 million of these people don't care, don't want to put in the effort, would rather take a medication to solve the problem for mm -hmm. them. And that's not a judgment in any way, shape, or form, but that is the truth. Right. Right? So maybe those numbers are not you know, exactly 99 to 1, whatever, but the point is that the, the, there's a very strong minority of people who really care. So those are the people that are seeking us out. They're, they're not... We don't try and shove information in their face. They're the ones on YouTube who are searching for, for ways to become healthier. Right? Those are the people right now. They're, they're trying to buzz they're into searching. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those are the people who are searching on YouTube. They're searching on Google. They're looking for healthier ways to be. Those are the people who are attending this conference, the people who actually seek out plant-based nutrition health professionals. Right. Those are the people who come to our program. And, right. as, and, you know, there's already a ripe and willing audience. And as a result of that, uh, it makes our life a little bit easier for sure. Sure, right? sure. A, a couple things. Like me, so having been 420 pounds, my big thing was, and believe me, I would have needed your program like in six months or so. Um, but I, I think that it's food addiction, and that's why people have such a hard time giving up the foods that they have been eating. And I, I'd just rather, you know, take my medication you know, inject the insulin every day and, and do what my doctor tells me. I think food addiction plays a big role there. Um, but when you guys have somebody come to your program who had taken that route and stayed in that lane for years, have you guys had people like they've been diagnosed for years and then they finally discover you and then like they see the results and what's that like? We, we see that over and over again. No, no question about it. Um, I mean, I'm trying to think of a few stories here. I mean, maybe Tammy. You know Tammy's story? Absolutely. Tammy's great. Tell him Tammy's story. Okay, so, so uh, before, before we go to Tammy's story, real quick, we mentioned Adam Studd earlier in this podcast, yeah, right? He's guy. the one that connected us great in the first guy. place. So Adam has a, a similar story to you, which is that he was 320 pounds, yeah. addicted to food, addicted to uh, drugs, you know, addicted to pharmaceutical medication, and, and he was using that as a, as a tool to basically live the exact lifestyle that he wanted to and then at a certain point he decided he can't do that anymore and just like you and him decided okay now it's time to actually take my life uh, under full control right so he has become over the course of time a compulsive eating and emotional eating expert so he's actually developing some material with us online that is going to serve this very particular population of those who are truly addicted to the foods that they've been eating, not because it's their fault, not because there's something wrong with them, but because the food supply specifically creates a psychological addiction to, you know, packaged and processed foods. Yes, it does. Right? As you probably know firsthand. <laughs> All too well. <laughs> Better than anyone. Yeah. Right? So point being is that you're right. Food addiction, compulsive eating is something that's real. It affects a large proportion of the population. And there are lots of people who who either join our program and get sort of immediate relief once, once they're given the opportunity to start to change their food supply and do it in the, uh, in the community of other people that are also doing it together. 
But then there's also people who join the program and it takes them one month, two months, three months, six months to, to finally decide that they're going to make the change. Right. And that's okay because it's not a race. Yeah. So Tammy was a perfect example of this. You know, she joined the program and she was fighting and fighting and fighting. And what about ketchup? And what about mayonnaise? And I like to eat donuts. She's right. I met her at the farmer's market in Los Angeles. I love to meet up people. Any of our clients who live in the same city, we love to meet up. Sure. We have an open door policy in our company. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and she was just asking me question after question, just not believing this. Like, really? I can eat these fruits? I can eat these persimmons? And I'm like, yes. And then she continues to learn. And then one day I happened to be talking to her while, while she was at the grocery store and she was just frustrated. She's like, ah, I just, I don't know what to buy. And I was like, Tammy, stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to text you what to put into your shopping cart and you will do it. And she said, fine. So she fills her, her grocery cart with nothing but produce. I said, screw every other section. I want you to go straight to the produce section. I want you to buy fruits. I want you to buy vegetables. I want you to buy a little bit of oatmeal. So she put that into her shopping cart. She goes home and boom, that was it. That's there what she go. needed. She needed the permission to change her food supply. As soon as she did that, she started to feel great. Her blood glucose started to behave. And that was the beginning of, I can't even, at this point, 40, 50, 60 pounds of weight yeah. loss. She got off of all oral medications required for diabetes uh, you know, control. A1C is non-diabetic, completely reversed for type 2 diabetes. Completely. And so she, now she's, she's transformed and she's become an advocate. She's become very passionate in the same way that you've gone through the same process yourself yeah. and now you're transformed psychologically and physically from the inside out and there's nothing you can do about it <laughs> you you just said something that really struck me and that is she then had the permission mm. to put that food in her cart and i'm like wow that's such a profound way to put it because again we're taught from such an early age that we should eat a certain way yeah. and we should approach treating our ailments in a certain way but you gave her permission to look at it through a different set of eyes. And maybe it is all permission that we need to make the change. The fear of carbohydrate consumption in the diabetes community is unbelievable. Yeah. Particularly fruit. And that's one of the major things that we love to promote and share is the science behind fruit being beneficial for diabetes health. Let alone our personal experience and the clients we have, the experiences we have with our clients, and just the logic. Yeah. Whole fruit is full of fiber, water, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, phytochemicals, all the stuff that can help you manage your blood glucose, and most importantly, they're low in fat. Yeah. And that's the solution, as you know, at the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Dr. Neil Barnard's one of our heroes. He's yeah. like the godfather of all this information. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, let's let's end by talking a little bit about your program because obviously it's started by two gentlemen who have these incredible stories and firsthand experiences. That is so critical when you're helping a person because it's not just a doctor or a talking head saying, "Hey, do this, 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 and this," and they've never been through it themselves. So I think that when you develop a program, whether it's this or anything else, it's so important that it's created through the patient's eyes or the mm. participant's yes. eyes. So talk to me a little bit about the program experience. Yeah, so we are very, very proud of our coaching program. We, it's, it's amazing. It's extremely affordable and very robust. So we have three different tools in our coaching program. The first tool is an online course. It teaches you everything you need to know to transition to a low-fat, plant-based, whole food lifestyle one step at a time, no matter what type of diabetes you're living with. It's very detailed information for people using insulin and for people not using insulin. It's very clear, and it's designed to be not be overwhelming. It's one step at a time. So we teach people to change breakfast first. Once they master breakfast, then they change lunch. Once you've mastered lunch, then you change dinner. Then you move into some of the more nuanced lessons, such as intermittent fasting and you know social situations, all that stuff. But it's one step at a time. It's, like Cyrus said earlier, it's about long-term success. It's not a, it's not a race. Okay? So that's the online course. Then we have private community, whether that's on Facebook or outside of Facebook if somebody does not like using Facebook. And the whole point of this is, number one, we answer questions within 24 hours. Anytime somebody has an original question of, why is my blood glucose high in the morning? What should I eat while I'm traveling? Is this food okay? Is this too much salt? Any question, we'll answer it within 24 hours by, we have a registered nurse in there, Cyrus's wife, Kylie. We have Adam Sud as one of our coaches. She's beautiful and she's brilliant. Well she done, is. sir. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
And and we have Mark Ramirez, another person like you said. Oh, people, I know Mark. Yeah, Great see, guy. And and you know, people resonate with our experience. We've brought in coaches that have reversed type two diabetes completely, so yeah. we can resonate with both the insulin dependent, non insulin dependent uh, group to really. We've been there. We know what it's like. So we have them in their coaching, and then you get the community support. So you get to you know. High fives, thumbs up, you know, like congratulations. Or when you're somebody struggling, so oh, I just had a rough day and it didn't go well. That's the community just goes bonkers on those posts. Yeah. We love to help people. That's yeah. just the human nature. So that happens in the community. And then we also do twice monthly live Q&A calls, the first and third Sunday of every month. Personal calls? So it's a group call. Okay. We use Zoom, and so they can turn their camera on, and we can see them, and they can see us, and we have a conversation. And we talk through anything. There's nothing off limits. We teach people how to work with their doctor. We can help people find a good doctor. We're working on a little new setup for that. It's coming real soon. And um, it's just, it's really, really fun. And as long as, if people are willing to communicate with us, it is a 100% guaranteed success. Right. doesn't matter where you're at, as long as you're willing to write and be honest and say, this is what I'm, my goal, this is what I'm struggling with. We are going to help you one step at a time continue to make progress until you meet your goals. Yeah, that's, that's so great. And diabetes and reversing it and working with type 1 diabetics is, and one and a half is something that we do quite a bit at the Physicians Committee. And your program just seems to fit right in line yeah. with our philosophy. So you both have just incredible stories. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on and, and share it with us today. Um, MasteringDiabetes.org is where people can find you. All right. That's exactly right. If they go to the website, they'll be able to get uh, – we have a, a blog in which we are constantly writing about evidence-based information cool. that the diabetes world would benefit from learning. Yeah. All right, we put a, a ton of effort into that. Uh, you can watch YouTube videos, you name it. Uh, we also, you can learn about the coaching program and decide if that's the right thing for you. Uh, there's a wealth of information there, 100% free. Yeah. Tons of free stuff. And like Sarah said, evidence-based information. We have a free PDF, a guide to reversing insulin resistance. People can grab that. Lots of great resources. Free is always good, gentlemen. Yes. Free is always good. Everyone loves free. <laughs> Cyrus and Robbie, MasteringDiabetes.org. Gentlemen, it's been a slice of heaven. Dr. Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero. Check them out online, masteringdiabetes.org. And Robbie's Instagram, pretty much the best thing you'll ever see. Pretty much. If you like pretty pictures of produce, that is a must-follow right there, at MindfulDiabeticRobbie. I will tell you this, the man loves his fruit. Loves it. Before we wrap up, I wanted to put something on your radar. Uh, tip of the hat to our very own Dr. Jim Loomis and nutritionist Susan Levin. Both have been guests on the show many times. They just recently put out a study, groundbreaking study, on the effect of a plant-based diet on athletes. And it is blowing up everywhere. So much press, TV, radio, newspaper, internet. It's everywhere. And I'm looking forward to having them on the show next week to talk about this. Now, their study was published in the journal Nutrients, and their research, it confirmed that plant-based athletes benefit from improvements in heart health, performance, and recovery because of their diets. And so Susan and, and Dr. Loomis, they point to a plant-based diet typically being loaded with carbs. Some people say, well, carbs are negative for athletes. You know, a lot of people, well, got a carbo load. Okay, right. But carbs, by and large, they get a, a negative connotation to them, right? But check this out, right? We're talking about healthy carbs here. We're not talking about donuts, all right? We're talking about healthy carbs, rice, beans, potatoes, things like that. And these healthy carbs offer a performance advantage because carbs are the primary energy source used during workouts. Plus... These healthy carbs, research found, they can boost endurance, important for those super athletes. And so Dr. Loomis and Susan, they also found that a plant-based diet boosts athletic performance and recovery by increasing blood flow and tissue oxygenation, thereby reducing oxidative stress and inflammation. So better performance, quicker recovery. I'm not seeing a downside there. Not seeing a downside. 
Really cool. Uh, Dr. Loomis, by the way, going to be featured in the upcoming documentary, The Game Changers. Cannot wait for that thing to come out. It's going to be epic. We're going to be diving into the study next week with those two. But if you want a sneak peek, we've put a link to it up at PCRM.org. Really, if you are keen on boosting your own athletic performance, then this is something that you absolutely need to review for yourself. The literature is all there, PCRM.org slash podcast. We got the link up there. It's also in our news section. Can't miss it. It's all over the place. And, of course, I need for you to pull out your phones right now. And, frankly, there's a good chance that it might already be in your hand since you're listening to this. Hop on Instagram and give a couple of follows, if you would be so kind, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, and at Physicians Committee. Then, once you're done with the gram, hop over to the Twitter. Same drill, at Chuck Carroll, WLC, and at PCRM. Caveat, Carroll is spelt with two R's, two L's, the WLC, standing for Weight Loss Champion. Then... More plugs. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you get your shows from. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, doesn't really matter. Go ahead and subscribe now. It's everywhere. So easy to do. Leave a five-star rating and a nice comment if you would not mind. We would certainly appreciate it. Most importantly, though, here's the most important thing. And I do mean this from the bottom of my heart because this is the reason why we do this show. And this is why I love this show so much. It is a powerful tool. So I encourage you to please share this with someone in your life, whether it's a friend or a family member. Maybe there's somebody that you know that's struggling with diabetes, somebody that you're close to. Let them hear from Cyrus and Robbie. Help them know that their situation does not have to be hopeless. Improvements can be made. Their life can get better. They can be healthier. We also have a ton of resources up on PCRM.org to help them get going on their diabetes journey, their journey to better health. And Dr. Neil Barnard has written also extensively about diabetes. His books, his outline, his program for tackling diabetes, also available on the website. One of those books, it's a cookbook. So you're never going to be short of yummy recipes. And of course, check out Cyrus and Robbie as well at MasteringDiabetes.org. So many thanks to Dr. Cyrus Kambata and Robbie Barbero, as well as to Harley Quinn Smith. Cannot wait to have all of them back on the show. You ready to change the world? Hope so. Lots of inspiration today, right? For everybody here at the Physicians Committee... I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. Now keep it plant-based and go change the world. Change the world.